In our gospel text this morning, John the Baptist fulfills prophecies from Malachi, Isaiah, and 2 Kings. John's baptism was unique. However, it not, was not the same as Christian baptism, but it was similar, but it's not the same as Christian baptism. It was unique. This is where the controversy swirls around John's baptism. The only people who were baptised in the Old Testament would have been Gentiles who had decided to become followers of God or to become Jews. Or, uh, and so the Old Testament baptism symbolised and acknowledged, uh, it was an acknowledgement of being an outsider. That's what Old Testament baptism was. When the Jews baptised a Gentile, the Gentile was acknowledging that they were an outsider and needed to repent of sins and proclaim faith and total dependence on God. And so here is the uniqueness this morning. The people who were getting baptised by John were not outsiders. They were not Gentiles, but devout Jewish people. However, the religious elite, as, as we read in the Gospel, start showing up. They had, and these religious elite had largely who trusted in their Jewish heritage and their stringent keeping of the law. And this is why John the Baptist calls them, uh, calls for their repentance. And what does he call them? He calls the religious leaders a brood of vipers. Literally, he's saying, you are children of snakes. However, for the repentant, the coming of the king and his kingdom is a time of salvation. For those who would not repent, the coming of the king and his kingdom is a time of eternal judgment. So what do we think this morning? Is there any chance we can reclaim the value of the word repentance, this Advent? Or, for that matter, Advent itself? Here's why I ask. I'm guessing that most of us assume repentance means saying you're sorry. Or better still, that you're really, 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 really sorry and you'll never do whatever it is again. And sure, that's part of repentance this morning, but honestly, it's only a tiny, small part of repentance. And as we all know, the heart of the word repentance means to a turning around. It means to do a 180 degree turn. It means starting over. It means taking another direction. It means choosing another course. And all of those actions, by their nature, call into question the rightness of one's behaviour. But the emphasis is less on what is wrong with what we were doing or what we are doing, but more, much more, on what is right and important and necessary about what we will do differently. That's where the weight lies in repentance. Repentance also underscores that change isn't necessary for change's sake but rather that change is necessary because we've become aware that our actions are out of step with God's deep desire for peace and equity. So it's about taking Isaiah's vivid imagery in the second reading very, very seriously this morning. So repentance, in short, is realising that God is pointing you one way. However, you've been travelling another way. But because of God's grace and a deep desire to please God, you change course. And once we name it that way, of course, repentance can get very, very daunting very quickly. 
Because then we begin to think, my goodness, there are so many things that I could repent of. Even as a community, even as a nation, we could repent of poverty and food scarcity, of overflowing prisons, of divorce rates, the number of children uh, with only one parent, or people who live below the poverty line, crime and violence, and the list goes on and on and on, which means it's not long before it becomes very tempting to just give up on the whole repentance thing and just huddle together with our current and comfortable friends and with our biases and get back to watching our favourite TV show. Isn't that right? That's what happens when we overthink this. So let me make some suggestions. Rather than inviting repentance in general, which is too unspecified and unhelpful, rather than calling for a global issue-sized repentance, let me invite you to consider three things this morning. Three things. First, let's all take a moment to daydream what God's vision would be for you. What do you think God wants you to be and to do? Now, in light of Isaiah 11, 1 to 10, I think daydream may be the key word here because God invites us to dream about something beyond what we can presently see. In some way, that is exactly what the Isaiah passage is all about. God's dream about a different world where there is no predator or prey. A world where there is no fear and hatred. It's not a goal to be achieved, but a dream to which you could set your course by, your life course by. Secondly, let us all choose one, just one, just one element of our life which we would like to repent and name this advent. And remember, repentance means a change of direction, starting over. Is there an unhealthy relationship that you want to repair or address? Can you imagine using your time differently and towards better ends? Is there some practice or habit that you might take up that could produce a more abundant life for you and for those around you? And thirdly, can we identify one of our communal lives, one element of our communal life together, that needs repentance. And as we do, how can each of us contribute to that? Can we spend time volunteering at the op shop or around the church property? In light of our treasurer's oral report last at our annual parochial meeting last Sunday, can we give more to the work of God at Christ Church? Can we get to know someone who is quite different from us ethnically, politically, or, or, or generationally? Can we try and build a more robust community this way? Basically, can we identify one communal issue and begin praying for that daily? Can we be open to how God might direct our time, direct our actions, and contribute to that change? And so this morning, I'm inviting you all to think of repentance more concretely. And so this Advent, I'm asking you to engage in just two acts of repentance, one personal and one communal. 
And the reason why is that Advent has shrunk in our imaginations. For too long we've somehow concluded that Advent is a season when we are scolded for not preparing for Christmas adequately, slowing down, stop buying presents and making time for church, don't get caught up in the retail festive glitz. Now maybe that has something to do with Advent, just a small part, but I don't think that's what Advent is really all about this morning. The real point of Advent is to make room for Christ's arrival. It's a season of wonder this morning. It's a time to be surprised again that God was willing to enter into our lives and into our history and make and take on our vulnerability in order to give us hope. The world would say that God isn't supposed to do that. God is supposed to sit up in heaven, alternatively smiling and frowning down at, our, at, at, at us depending on our behaviour. But the God we know doesn't do that. The God we know in Jesus comes down out of heaven to take on our lot. He lives, he lived the life that we should have lived and he died the death that we should have died. He comes down out of heaven and gives us hope by being with us, by being for us. Jesus doesn't come down out of heaven screaming repentance, but invites us to a more abundant life. Jesus helps us to see in the face of our neighbour, not a competitor, but a brother or a sister in Christ. If Advent is a time to slow down, it's so that we can have a more authentic life and not less of Christmas. And so let us ponder the great scene from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10, where God makes everything new. No predator or prey. No fear or hatred. And let us imagine that it doesn't have to be this way. Whatever this way is oppressing you right now. It doesn't have to be this way. This Advent, I would encourage everyone to take action. And let us all in 2023 step forward and step toward God's dream for our lives and for our community. My friends, Advent is a very meaningful season. But I'll be honest, even as I say that, I'm worried it all seems too small. I'm worried that what I'm saying is, a, is, is little more than an early call to a New Year's, New Year's Eve resolution or New Year's resolution. That's not what I'm saying. Except repentance isn't like that. Isn't like repentance is not like repentance is not a New Year's resolution. It's not a once-off done activity. Rather, the Sunday in Advent becomes a microcosm of all of our Sundays. Indeed, it becomes a microcosm of all of our days. The microcosm of Advent gives us the opportunity to discern God's call, to see where we have left the path, and to turn once again towards God's vision. And so perhaps this season is just a small start, an, an initial but critical first step down a new and straight path. But I hope for, hope for many of us 
it may be an important start towards a more abundant life. Whatever else John the Baptist was, he was first the most he was first the, the foremost and foremost a witness to the coming of Christ. And I pray that your words and your witness continue to matter and to make a difference in the lives of your family and in the lives of your friends. So this Advent, let us all be witnesses to Christ's promise and ongoing activity in this world that God loves so much. Please pray. Thank you, God, for showing us that hope is not just an idea for the future, but a present possibility, something worth working for. Thank you, God, for lives that mirror that of Christ, risking everything, giving everything, forgiving, bearing, enduring so much. Thank you, God, for the million and one small opportunities and perhaps some of the big ones that we have in our own lives to be all that Isaiah promised and that all that John the Baptist asked for as fruits for our repentance. And thank you, God, that you still use ordinary people to do extraordinary things in your name. And as we pray for the coming of the kingdom, God's kingdom of justice and joy, let us also pray that we may be the means by which that kingdom comes and plays a part in drawing heaven and earth a little bit closer this Advent and this Christmas and beyond. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.